0: Welcome everybody to another episode of the Can Mayonnaise a Jedi podcast. I am your mo- main host, the Artificial Dragon.
1: I'm your co-host, Darceline.
0: And welcome to episode 49 of the podcast, everybody. I got a special plan for the 50th episode. Yes, we'll we know.
1: Wait.
0: <laughs> we'll wait there. Until the very end of this episode. But anyway, um at the time of this recording, it's just a week or so away from Halloween, but happy Hallows Eve, everybody. I hope you
1: Halloween. Not-
0: Hallows Eve. Oh <laughs> Eve.
1: say it right. <laughs>
0: Uh, rage-induced Hannah aside, I hope you guys are having a wonderful Halloween, uh, dressing up as your favorite characters slash monsters, going out having, well, you're probably too old for tick or treating at this point, but just going around having a nice spoopy evening, uh, having a Halloween party, uh, watching your favorite movies with your friends for movie night, having maybe DD sessions, uh, I definitely know I will be having a wonderful a spoopy dungeon experience with the gang, and Star Wars altered it.
1: That won't be on Halloween, though. Not
0: Halloween, exactly Halloween, on
1: Halloween, Halloween no. falls on a Tuesday this month, and yeah. it's fucking stupid.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, um, we can't align with Halloween exactly, but we'll be as close as we can to it, at least.
1: If you are a fellow pagan like me, happy sewing.
0: Indeed. But anyway, um, so... For all of you that enjoy our content, of course, we have the obligatory Patreon at patreon.com slash canmail. Once again, that's patreon.com slash canmail, where you could contribute to any amount, the low as being $2 and the highest being $10. And for whichever tier you contribute to, you have instant access to our Discord server, where you can talk general Star Wars lore, memes... Uh, chillax or give us topic suggestions here and there. I know it's been pretty active recently, and uh, for you know who you are asking for more Empire shit from us, if we've been uh, neglecting on that for the longest time. Um, but yeah, um, let me go ahead and do a shout out for all of our smugglers. Um, so, for our newest member, is uh, Basilis Waywolves. I uh, hope I pronounce that correctly. <laughs> you uh, never
1: pronounce anything correctly.
0: I'll be quiet, Hannah. <laughs> um, Cameron Lee, Dector, Dr. Emboss, Elia Gestapi. Uh, well, actually, no, uh, Elia Gestapi's not in there anymore. Um, Kenneth yep. Young, Leon Fott the Fourth, Tristan H., Irk the Turtle, and Vox Cast to Nowhere. Thank you all so much for contributing to the Smugglers tier. And uh, we hope. You will love the content that we bring forward to the table in the next coming months.
1: And we always appreciate your support.
0: Indeed. And Hannah. Yes, Isaac? You know what to do.
1: What are we talking about today?
0: No, no, no. I was talking about your uh, blog.
1: Oh, yes. Support my blog.
0: <laughs> uh, have you answered any of my questions yet?
1: I have not. I'm going to. <laughs> I,
0: I gave you a going cup- to. I gave you a couple of good ones
1: i swear i go i do
0: (laughs) exactly like me with my uh when editing my uh podcast episodes i'll get there when i get there exactly (laughs) but yes uh with those okay patreon Yu vong warrior monster girl download her she's good looking forward to the next uh month's patreon rp's me too yeah um i got a spicy one for you hannah well, okay. Um,
1: Are you going to you... leave it up to surprise again?
0: Exactly. Well, it will actually be a, a nice little Christmas gift uh, when December rolls around, actually. Okay. But I think you'll like this upcoming one in November. Okay. No not November. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm pretty sure you know what today's episode is going to be about, Hannah.
1: We're gonna be talking about Sith spawn.
0: Yeah, today. once again, a super spoopy Halloween's episode. Last time we did urban legends and ghost, ghost stories, and, and the previous one we did zombies and all that stuff. Um, and this time we will be doing your classical mutants, monsters, and demons. So, based on the name and what you have played of Swator, what are Sith spawn, Hannah?
1: Monsters spawned through Sith alchemy, basically.
0: Essentially that. And, um, like, magic. Yeah. Sorcery. Um, as I did my research, Sith spawn is kind of a broad term. Because it also includes creatures that have been created by other dark side organizations aside from the Sith. Like, there are Sith spawn made by Summer Kata. Um Of course, we got the Dark Jedi from the Hundred Year Darkness before they became Dark Lords of the Sith and all that.
1: Then why call them Sith, Sith spawn? It's
0: just easier, That's... I imagine. Okay. But yeah. Um. So yeah, Sith spawn. You kind of nailed it right on the head. Um. Sith spawn are basically creatures altered by Sith alchemy for use by the Sith Order.
1: Nailed it right on the head. When I'm the local Sith
0: expert. <laughs> the Sith simp. I got you. Um, Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. It- Sif Spawn can be created in numerous different ways, like there's genetic engineering, there's pure magic involved, or just simple dark side rituals where you just summon a demon from chaos.
1: Or, if you're going the uh, way of the t- sphere of technology, which is Darth Asena's mm-hmm. sphere, technologically advanced.
0: Yeah, exactly. Fers. There's plenty of Sith Spawn cyborgs as well. Yes. Um, but yeah, in other cases, uh, you know, you have the plagues, like the Rack Ghoul Preg, uh, you got Preg. the, uh, prig. <laughs> you also have the Beast virus, which basically transforms people into cybernetic zombie-like monsters, yep. um, there are even cases of Sith super soldiers being qualified as, as Sith spawn, um, like, I, okay, it's not exactly a super soldier, but as I did my research... Uh, Anakin Skywalker was uh, qualified as a Sith Spawn.
1: I don't know. I don't see that.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, from... Okay, we'll eventually go more into that when we talk about Darth Plagueis. But... It was just through the machinations of Darth Plagueis kind of diddling with the Force that uh, the Force decided, fuck you, I'm going to create the Chosen One. So it was technically by Plagueis' hand that Anakin Skywalker was created.
1: Technically.
0: (laughs) Yeah, technically. We don't know that for sure. But yeah, I saw that uh, Anakin Skywalker was labeled as a Sith Spawn. Okay. But aside from that, also it's just a basic concept that Sith Spawn... Are created from an already existing life form. Like... Okay, well... uh, When we eventually get into some syspawn... They are... Original creations. But... A lot of syspawn are like... Basic mutations. Or... Just elevated forms of... Dark side bullshit. Like they need a basis to... Create that creation. Yeah,
1: you need a template.
0: Yeah, like a... It's best exemplified by... Legendary author of Lord of the Rings, J.R.R. Tolkien, where he makes the quote of. (laughs) Where uh, he makes the very potent quote of: Evil cannot create anything new, they could only corrupt and ruin what good forces have invented or made.
1: God damn, he was such a great fucking author.
0: Yeah, he is.
1: I mean, I could talk about Lord of the Rings all on a different fucking (laughs) podcast.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you could. Just be a guest star on a Lord of the Rings podcast, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know there's like a uh, class that follows Lord of the Rings at NAU?
1: There is? Yes, there is. Holy shit, I I know Elvish is an actual language you Mm -hmm. can learn. Yep. Because he made that himself.
0: (laughs) Yeah, very true.
1: Fucking Tolkien, rest in peace, you are a fucking amazing artist.
0: You know, I remember watching an old video a while ago where uh, Token was asked, like, uh, like that ending scene where uh, the eagles go to pick up the hobbits from uh, Mount Doom or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Mount Doom. Um, and he was all like, uh, "So I was presented a question: Why didn't they just use the eagles to drop the ring?" And his answer was basically, uh, "Well, the answer is." screw you
1: <laughs> basically yes
0: <laughs> screw you by the way enough about it's like a kid's book yeah don't
1: think too deep into
0: it yeah uh, yeah token aside um yeah token's uh quote is very is very uh, exemplifies what sif spawn are in general like a uh, that's the downside with the dark side in general. Sure, it'll give you powers beyond comprehension and all of that stuff. But all it can really do is just corrupt what already exists. It can't create new life.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can corrupt as many things as you want. You can't create something new.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's, uh, I don't mean to go off topic again, but that's a, uh, very potent scene from, uh, from, uh, That one novel, I can't remember, where Yoda and Count Dooku... So there's this entire conversation Dooku has, where Yoda decides, Okay, I'm going to be the student to you, Count Dooku persuade me t- of why I should join the dark side. And a Dooku is... All- I know
1: what I know exactly what novel you're talking about. Yeah, I can't yeah. think of the name either.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, And Dooku's trying to persuade him, like, I could give you money, riches, power, beyond comprehension. And Yoda's all like, yeah, I'm not impressed with the dark side at all. Can you create something? And Dooku's kind of at a loss for words with that one. Because the light side is the only thing that could create new life. The dark side, it just corrupts and destroys everything.
1: Yeah. And
0: that's kind of a downside with, uh, if the Sith ruled the galaxy and the dark side is... And if the light side is completely extinguished, there would be nothing for the Sith or the dark side to feed upon.
1: That is why there must be a balance.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like the... the, the the Vampire Dilemma. If they just rule everything and kill everybody, they'll eventually starve themselves out.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. By the way, I don't mean to go off topic, but I That's think... it's fine, is, but
1: it helps lead into what we're going to talk about. Yeah,
0: the Civ spawn Um, will eventually go go into my own creation. You know it very well, Hannah. Yes. Um, but I used that, uh, that exact quote to build upon the lore of... The uh, Sif spawning question. Like, it can't be created out of nothing. It needs a basis. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let, I'll go ahead and shut up about that. Actually, <laughs> I actually am going to use a passage from the Book of a Sif. It's a really good book. Very same as the Bounty Hunters Code that we used for the Bounty Hunters episode a yep, while back. just
1: like the Jedi Code.
0: Yeah. Um, so let me go ahead and talk about their entry... On us, on a, a Sif Spawn. So let me see. Uh, no, not that one. Is it this one? Um. Okay, so here's an entry by one of the original Dark Lords of a Sif. Uh, her name is Saria Zion. She is kind of known throughout the fan community as the mother of Sif Spawn. Like, she's the alchemical witch person of a Sif.
1: Nice. So like, Echidna, basically.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Um, the hundred-year darkness, the war in which we fought, in which many of our followers died, could have been prevented. It was the Jedi who took up arms to keep us from revealing the truth about the Force. They had been paddling in the shallows for cons. By boldly venturing into the Force's expanse, we gained powers that no Jedi had ever possessed. Life itself was at our command." It was I who grew the Leviathans, who splintered the Jedi barricades at Belmora. Bal- I gave them the ability to swallow spirits and to store those life energies in skin blisters. The Leviathans, my exquisite monsters, were the final culmination of the Shamblers, the Howlers, the Pit horrors, and all the other spawn I'd given shape and purpose to my purpose. The, de- the Jedi shun this power, as they have resisted every improvement. They caused the schism in their own ranks. Until we annihilate the old order, the pattern will continue repeating forever.
1: She does have a point.
0: She does have a point, but it kind of devolves into creating these exquisite beasts into bastardizations of what the Force is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, so let me go ahead and introduce several of the sif spawn that I think are pretty interesting, and the first one that we'll explore you might actually recognize Hannah um we'll be the first ones that we'll be talking about are the Taka'ata. otherwise known as the Takata, the, the thank you, otherwise known as the Sif hounds, and there's plenty of depictions of them. This one on the big one looks really freaking cool
1: yeah. They're pretty cool. They're basically Sith dogs.
0: Pretty much. Um, so the Sith hounds, obviously, are creatures native to the Sith homeworld of Korriban, where they are used for thousands of years to guard the temples of the- or the the tombs of the Dark Lords. Like, you see them pretty much everywhere on Korriban. Mm -hmm. They pretty much outlive the Sith legacy for thousands of years. Um... The Sith Hounds are oversized creatures, bred by the Sith to be fearless and relentless, which is made more appropriate with their appearance as they possess sharp horns, long claws, and savage teeth. They are unusually intelligent, and were able to communicate with other others of their kind through unknown means, and are also categorized as semi-intelligent and could speak the Sith language. Mm-hmm. Um, It was claimed that the creature that the Sith Hounds were mutated from were a non-violent grazing animal, but through Sith alchemy, they awakened the latent parts of their brains, which caused many unnatural mutations.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think Sith corruption would fucking do that.
0: Yeah, I'm just imagining uh, the original form of the Sith Hounds are like these gazelle-like creatures, and then they were mutated to look more like wolves and everything.
1: I'm surprised you didn't get a picture of one from Swator, because they look entirely different.
0: Yeah. Um, I couldn't find any. Um, okay, it wasn't available on Wikipedia, but I'm sure they look drastically different if I look upon it myself. But they anyway. Do. Um, I didn't know if they were in Swator. It kind of escaped me, but good to They're know. They're
1: all anyway. over Korriban! <laughs> what <laughs> the <Yeah>. fuck?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I played Swator. Leave me alone. Um... But yeah, there have even been some cases of Sith hounds being found within Sith tombs that were sealed away for millennia. So there are some theories that they might be simply immortal, or they just feed on the dark side of the force itself. Possibly. Yeah, and kind of the Sith in general have that Egyptian vibe, but I imagine most of those Sith hounds that were sealed away in those tombs were like former pets or something.
1: Possibly, they do keep them as pets.
0: Yeah, pretty or much. Or
1: experiment on them. Yeah, <laughs> or be a new Lord Running.
0: Yeah, um, though there is also the simple argument that they uh, managed to survive due to vermin that would occasionally make their way through new openings within the tombs. Mm-hmm. So you know, a lot of uh, theories of what the Sith hounds are and what, like, there are oh, several sources. It's kind of surprising that a lot of Jedi don't study the, for the Sith Hounds personally, but I guess it's just bad voodoo. We don't want to be anywhere near those dark side beasts. Um, let me see, uh, there have even been some cases of Sith Hounds having Sith artifacts in their bellies. As At one point, Revan killed a hound and took a holocron from within its stomach
1: amazing that they are able to hold those
0: yeah i imagine sif hounds are like a living treasure chest or something like that mm-hmm. <laughs> while the sif uh, themselves would be extinct for numerous millennia their faithful guardians would outlive their legacies as they consistently remained a presence during all eras of star wars like the old republic of uh, the rise of the empire uh, the New Republic era, and even the Legacy era, which is like 130 years after. Fuck, they
1: stuck around that long? Yeah,
0: they are a constant presence on Korriban, no matter the era.
1: I did not know that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When I said the Sith hounds outlived the Sith, I am Literally. not exaggerating. Literally. Yeah. Goddamn. <laughs> I think there's like a... It's also kind of interesting because there are some offshoot breeds of the sith hounds uh i think it's this off-breed is called sith hound Nobilius, who are actually a pair of sith hounds that got tamed by a jedi knight
1: that's impressive
0: it is very impressive but aside from those two examples i think it's like extremely rare for a jedi to tame sith hounds and then, well, then- no shame <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think the sith hounds are pretty interesting they uh uh, of course, they have uh, the classic depiction of hellhounds and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And the next creature we will explore are the Crystallids. It's just a uh, glowing rancor, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, the crystalids. Um, they That's are. That's a awesome. cool
1: looking rancor, though. It
0: is pretty cool, though. You might be thinking, well, is it probably a uh, crystallized uh, depiction of a beast? As far as I know, no. It's just It just happens to be called Crystallid. It's just a um, much more powerful version of a creature like a I mean,
1: it, it, w- With this picture that you're showing me, yeah. it looks like green. one of the Green Lanterns just...
0: <laughs> made just, a green construct, yes, yeah. Yes, made
1: a, made a Rancor construct. You know,
0: yeah, that's fair, but unfortunately they're just empowered versions of the beast that they were experimented on one can dream yeah that's um, so cool though Yeah, it is pretty cool um so it's pretty simple the crystallite creature is a creature altered by sith alchemy usually on raincores, but it could be applied to other creatures such as gundarks uh the katarns and the vornskers um most of these creatures probably uh go right over your head but um they're just a a bunch of uh, examples of creatures in the Star Wars galaxy. Um, it is widely believed that the Crystallids were created during the ancient Sith Empire where they serve the Sith race as pets or protectors. You know, the classic thing with Sith spawn and everything. And eventually, this knowledge would be lost to time. But eventually, good old Papa Palpatine found a holocron that contained the knowledge of creating Crystallid Beasts. Oh
1: yay, Papa Palpy!
0: Yeah, I... F- I'm I'm pretty sure Erk the Turtle could attest to this, but Palpatine apps. It seems like Palpatine absolutely loves animals. He like has his personal zoo and everything, mm-hmm. and he and he keeps a bunch of these raincores in his personal citadel on this, where he unleashes in in emergencies.
1: Of course he does. <laughs> of course he does.
0: But yeah, their lore is very simple. I wish they were crystallized versions of creatures, but eh, whatever. Advertising in my book. Um, next, I don't have a picture for these guys, by the way. Um, next are the dark lizards, otherwise known as dark devils or dark tongues. They are large reptilian creatures found on the planet of Almus, and they are considered non sentient and are deprived from another creature called the Hiss Hiss. Hiss Hiss. It's, it's literally spelled H S S I S S.
1: Yeah, I. I... There, you, you get one as a mount in oh, Svator.
0: Pretty cool. <laughs> yes.
1: It's, it's a cartel uh, box open. Yeah. It's an Oricanian Hissus.
0: Okay. So you know what those guys look like. Yes. Now imagine them with all black scales. That's basically what the dark lizards look like. Hmm. Like their their scales, their eyes, their tongue, except for their claws. Pretty much every part of them is black. Okay. And, uh, yeah, they also have a prehensile tongue, a gooey, they, their saliva is also black, by the way. Um Cute. Yeah, um, they have jagged back spines, and they even have massive wings as well to fly around.
1: That's weird, because the amount you have, it just crawls around like a normal fucking lizard.
0: Yeah, this is why, uh, this is a Sif spawn version of those guys. Fair. Yeah, um, oh, shit, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, these dark lizards are at least 10 feet in length, and not only fly, they gallop along the ground on on, on all fours, but they are also amphibious. So, you're not safe from these, you're guys. not safe anywhere. They are trifibian creatures. <laughs>
1: Fuck that,
0: yeah. Um, Dark lizards usually hunt in packs led by an alpha. Most individuals value value the dark lizard as pets, and they were common pets for the sieve on the planet of Olmis and were even used by the lo- by the local cultists as pack animals to, you know, hunt down victims that get away from them.
1: Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah, that's the brief. If victim
1: gets away, go after it.
0: Go. Ah! After- no, no, this fucking Mr. Burns, release the hounds.
1: Just imagine that thing, monstrous thing, chasing after you. <laughs>
0: and especially if you're trying to get away on a pure black landscape. Yeah. And those things are also black. Yeah. That would be terrifying. That
1: sounds like a nightmare.
0: <laughs> Release the dark lizards. <laughs> and then next is kind of a strange one. Uh, they are called dark flowers. Hmm. Um, The dark flowers are... Self-explanatory. They are a small flower that is considered semi-sentient, and they are native to the Sith world of Dromund Cause. You don't find them in Swatora, unfortunately. Um, and they are known to launch poisoned thorns at anybody that approached them. Um, while it is unknown if they were merely flora corrupted by the dark side naturally or were alchemically created, the dark flowers were said to be malevolent with hints of sentience. So it's more of a, yeah, don't approach these flowers, otherwise they'll throw thorns at you. Like, fuck off.
1: Oof. Hey, that's a nice way. I could think of uh, Poison Ivy defending her yeah.
0: dogs like that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, And then next, uh, fortunately I do have a picture of this guy. Um, Next are what are known as the uh, Storm Beasts. Where the fuck is the picture? There it is. Yeah, imagine a gigantic crocodilian motherfucker, but as a human.
1: Ooh. K. <laughs> K. Uh, yeah, King Croc on
0: steroids. <laughs> King Croc on steroids. Or no, killer, com- croc. Killer, killer Croc. Killer Croc. yeah. Killer Croc on steroids. Um, the Storm Bees are Sith spawn native to the planet of Malcor V. And if Malcor V sounds familiar, that's I the final know. battle of the Mandalorian Wars. Mm hmm. Where uh, Revan used the, uh, the, uh, what was it, Uh, the mass shadow generator to fuck up up the atmosphere of that planet. Yep. And yeah, these guys were a direct uh, creation of a mass shadow generator. Oh, shit. Yeah, these guys were originally the apex predators of that world. But ever since uh, the dark side became prominent, they got mutated by it and it didn't help from the mash Generator, mutating them even further. Okay. And then, uh, next Sif Spawn is actually kind of interesting. These guys are called the Derafins, and they're kind of, uh, yeah, most of these, uh, Sif Spawn are more animalistic looking. These guys are just literal black hole things.
1: It just looks like a black ball of energy. Like, yeah. uh, fucking, what, uh, people chart a key ball that, Yeah. charge up in Dragon Ball Oh, yeah, like
0: the, uh, more fucking, uh, plasma balls and everything. A key ball. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) The Derefin, um, as you, as you saw there, they're described as miniature black stars that are rolling with energy, and their name originates from the Sith word of Devourer. Um, the Derefin is capable of consuming the thoughts and experiences of living beings. As you see, those two are doing to that poor Keldor Jedi there.
1: Yeah.
0: Um... Yeah, until eventually, the life form is nothing but an empty shell. And then the Derephim just fucks off and finds its new victim. Um, in order to accomplish this, the Derephim in question would take possession of their victim and slowly leech off of their life energy. Mm-hmm. So these are like literal, not literal, but essentially uh, body snatchers, basically.
1: Invasion of the Body Snatchers.
0: Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, you I gotta, need to
1: watch that movie.
0: Yeah, it's a good movie. Um, so, yeah, they just slowly uh, absorb the memories of its victims over time. Um, and despite the... <laughs> they may not look intelligent, but they are sentient, by the way.
1: I mean... It's Star Wars, so <laughs> what, a crystal can be sentient, why the fuck can't these things be sentient? And
0: if they are Sif Spawn, so it, the, the common theme with Sif Spawn is that they're a better version of an existing creature, like through brute strength or through intelligence, that sort of thing. Hmm. So yeah, the Dar- I don't n- know what the Darathim were originated from. I, I assume they're like demons or something. Or pure embodiments of a dark side. I'm not. They don't too look sure.
1: like anything I know. Yeah, they, they just look like balls of key.
0: Yeah. Um, there's even like a uh, a uh, RPG series that introduces one of the Darathems, um, which goes by the name of Zykios, who is described to be highly intelligent. It was more reserved and emotional than the rest of its kind. Um, he preferred, or it, more accurately. Um, preferred preying on females and humanoids over men and aliens. So I'd uh, love to preying on the more vulnerable people. Um, devouring its victims behind closed doors, performing memory wipes on them to keep a low profile as it slowly ate more of its victims' memories over time. Um, but yeah, I think these guys are pretty interesting. I think they would be kind of cool for that uh, intrigue. Like, uh, oh, that person is kind of tired. What's going on with her? Uh, just probably fatigue or something. And then later you find out that she's just having her brain literally sucked melted. by... melted by uh, a Darfm and then you have to fight it. Um,
1: that doesn't sound fun.
0: No, it does not sound fun. It would make a great mystery campaign, though. You gotta admit.
1: Yes, it would. Yeah.
0: Um, even though the derfem is name is the Sith name of. Devourer. Next is well the devourer. Let me go ahead and share a quick picture of him. Uh, yeah, the devourers are native to a moon of Onderon called Doxen.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, they're they're kind of weird looking fuckers.
1: Yeah, they're pretty weird looking.
0: Yeah. Um, there's not too much lore on them, except that they're native to the Andron's moon of Dachshund, which has the nickname of the Demon's Moon. Um, it it uh, it's called the Demon's Moon because it contains many carnivorous life that occasionally go to its, uh, Andron itself and devour its native life forms and anything like that. Oh yeah. Um, the devourers themselves. Um, they would actually encounter XR when he w- entered the tomb of Freed and Nad. And of course, they would try to kill XR and XR would kill them right back.
1: Oh, speaking of Freed and Nad, I opened a cartel pack last uh-huh. night. Yeah. I got his armor set.
0: Nice. So you got the spiky shoulders and everything, huh? And
1: the fucking wings. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's
1: like, it looks so ridiculous. It is
0: so ridiculous, yeah. Pretty cool, though. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't know if I'm going to put it on any of my Sith, but we'll see.
0: Uh, and uh, the devourers would also kind of change the course of galactic history because Mandalore the Indomitable, the current Mandal- uh, Venn leader of the Mandalorians of the time, was stranded on Dachshund after a failed raid on oh, Onderon. Onderon, sorry. Onderon. Um, and he would actually be quartered by a couple of devourers and, you know, he would die by their claws.
1: Oh, that's a shit way to go.
0: Yeah, at least he went down fighting, though.
1: Yeah.
0: And then eventually, um, a Mandalorian warrior found his mask and became his successor, Mandalore the Ultimate.
1: Mandalore the Ultimate is so cool.
0: Yeah, he's as much as a Genocide man- Maniac as he is. His armor looks so dope. It is. <laughs> but yeah, we'll save that for a Mandalorian episode.
1: When? No. <laughs>
0: And then next is what is called the Dream Beast. The, the Dream d- Beast? The Dream Beast.
1: <laughs> I did again, guess who I am, or what I immediately thought of.
0: Freddy Krueger. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's... You're kind of in the right concept. Uh, Despite its name, it doesn't exactly go into your dreams. But uh, the dream beast, I'm not quite sure why it's called that, but the dream beast does not possess a true physical form. It It looks different depending on who views it. Because, uh, like, maybe for you, it it basically manifests into the individual's greatest fear, basically.
1: So it's like living fear toxin. Pretty I'm much. Sorry, yeah. I keep referencing fucking DC, <laughs> but it works, you know. Yeah,
0: like maybe for you, it would look like a giant spider, or maybe for another person, it will look like a giant fucking snake. It, yeah, it's very malleable. It doesn't have a a clear form.
1: It's like. Oh, God, pump this thing full of fear toxin and wonder yeah. what happens.
0: <laughs> um, the dream beast can be killed. Um, but, yeah, most of the, the wounds inflicted by the dream beast usually appears within the mind of a subject. Because when you kill a dream beast, your wounds inflicted by it just go away. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a mental feeling than anything else. Mm-hmm. And, uh... An encounter with a dream beast usually leaves its victim with deep mental trauma and sometimes render its victims mentally unstable in the future.
1: That sounds terrible for a victim of PTSD to yeah. get to run into one of those.
0: Yeah, encountering a dream beast is not a fun time. Mm-mm. It would be actually pretty cool to invent one of these guys in a D and D campaign. Oh dear God. <laughs> But anyway... Don't you um, get any idiots. <laughs> hey, man. Last Halloween, I was talking about the uh, motherfucking uh, Space raves and the Star Wars, and I have yet to introduce those guys in the campaign. True. <laughs> but who knows? Who knows? We're in the end game section right now, but we'll see what happens from here. But anyway, the next Sif spawn, I think, uh, will be kind of interesting. These guys are code... The Imperial Sentinels. And these guys are big motherfuckers. They are literal giants. Oh, God. They completely dwarf Princess Leia there. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, the Imperial Sentinels are warriors that are created to serve the Emperor's dark side adepts as their personal bodyguards. While they are a mystery to even the highest echelons of the empire, even the imperial sovereign protectors, who are basically like the most elite of the the emperor's red guard, you know those red clad, yep. <laughs> yeah, um, they don't know shit. About the Imperial Sentinels. They are a complete enigma to them.
1: Oh, fuck.
0: Yeah, but... they're some
1: of the most high-ranking people in the Empire.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much only Palpatine and his dark side adepts know what these guys really are. Jesus. Yeah, and... But let me go ahead and r- r- go around the curtain for you, Hannah. In actuality, the Sentinels are early experiments of Palpatine who wanted to create a race of beings completely subservient to the will of himself and his trusted dark side adepts. So apparently Darth Vader was going to possess two of these guys for himself. Hmm. Um, The Sentinels are cloned from tissue stock where chemicals were introduced into their bodies during the gestation period, suppressing higher mental abilities, such as speech, meaning they are permanently um, incapable of speech, basically. Okay. Um, they are just mute giants. Um, as they continued to grow, they would be mutated further by the dark side, Um, mostly by the dark side adepts that Palpatine would give these giants to, and... They utilize Civ alchemy as a way of forming a bond between these sentinels. Mm -hmm. Um, If this this ritual proved successful, the sentinels would end up mindless living husks, entirely depending on the individual it was bonded to for purposes of, you know, you know, commanding them to do whatever. They're they're, they're completely mindless uh, living machines, basically.
1: Yeah, like mechs.
0: Pretty much. Um, if uh, the bonding process proved unsuccessful, the specimens would simply be disposed of. Fair enough. The first generation of these sentinels were deemed too dangerous to keep around, which caused rumors to spread that they were cloned from deceased force-sensitives, The later generations were, well, less powerful.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um... Gargantuan in size, the Sentinels are easily distinguished from any of Palpatine's other minions, for obvious reasons. Um, hidden underneath their long reddish-purple cloaks, uh, they are, as you can see with their designs, they have the cloaks which are have intricate golden, uh, golden patterns on their <laughs> chest, back, shoulders. <laughs> da, 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 da. Isaac's
1: having a stroke. Don't mind
0: him. <laughs> Um. Yeah, you, even with that little thing out of the way, you don't know what these motherfuckers look like. The only indication of what they might look like is their glowing red eyes. Yeah. Um, they wield large vibro axes, though they are also provisioned in blasters and are trained in both martial arts and beast riding. Um, they are known only to guard Palpatine Citadel on BIS and one of the more private areas of the Imperial Palace on Coruscant. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think these guys are pretty cool. Just the mere concept that they're bonded to their chosen dark side adept that they were designed to protect is a really cool concept for me. Mm-hmm. Like, they're re- literally extensions of your will and all of that stuff. Aside from that, you have, like, two literal giants at your beck and call, which I think is pretty cool. Um, and then next, in the more super side, soldier side of things, are um, Darth Megas's... Uh, Sith knights. Um, they're basically like a dark side cyborgs, as you'll see in the image right there. Um, if you recall, Darv is the former head of the Sphere of Technology. She's that a uh, creepy looking bitch with the cybernetics and everything.
1: I don't know if I ever saw her, cause all I all I knew was that Asina. You know, took her place.
0: Yeah, yeah, seen her, took her place, but yeah, she's that, uh, decrep- if, Okay, you might not recall the, uh, Dark Council episode, but yeah, she's the, uh, creepy bitch. I,
1: the, the Dark Council episode has been a while ago.
0: Oh, good while ago, but I'll go ahead and, uh, share, um, uh, what she looks like again.
1: Oh, I see now.
0: Yep. <laughs> yeah, she's a creepy bitch.
1: Yeah, she's creepy.
0: But yeah, uh, the Sith Knights are an army of cyborgs which house the tormented brains of captured Jedi who were personally corrupted and altered by Darth Mechis herself. Like, you remember that uh, particular side mission on Dromund Kaas where you're sent to a, uh, uh, I forget the name of the Sith, but uh, you were tasked by an Imperial officer who lost a couple of her men and then you find the brains of her soldiers and these droids, basically? Mm-hmm. Yeah, think of that, but with yeah, Jedi. Yeah, Lord,
1: Lord Graffin did that. Yeah,
0: think of that, but of tormented and corrupted Jedi. Jesus. Yeah, she like cut out their brains and put them in these cyborg warriors.
1: That's disgusting.
0: Yeah. Um, they even have their own mantra, which is, quote, There is no emotion. There is submission. There is no ignorance. There is instruction. Jeez. Yeah, these guys are pretty fucked up. That's um, sad. Yeah. Um, the Sith Knights served as agents of Darth Megas' will, and were equipped with electrostaff-like weapons and possessed cloaking devices. Fortunately, there's not much more after, you know, Farron killed her as and everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I think they're pretty interesting in how fucked up the uh Sith are as a whole. Yeah. <laughs> and the next one, I think you're pretty familiar with um a civ spawn known as the monoliths they are like everywhere on a on a what was that sif world again Of uh, that one civ world that darvish had consumed in the cinematics nathema nathema yeah
1: oh okay
0: yeah these motherfuckers uh there we go yeah, these are a Sith Spawn created personally by Darth Vitiate oh, himself. Oh, shit! Yeah.
1: I remember these things.
0: So, the Monolith is a Sith Spawn, as I said, personally created by Darth Vichyad himself during his time on Zyost. And uniquely, unlike most Sith Spawn that are mutated or alchemically warped versions of existing creatures, the Monoliths are said to be sculpted from the dark side itself. So apparently Vitiate has godlike powers that allowed him to create life.
1: I mean, in he's immortal, so yeah. <laughs> he probably learned a thing or two.
0: Yeah, as Vitiate grew in power, and after devouring all of Xyost, um, um, he created larger and larger monoliths. Two known creatures are named the Colossal Monolith, and the largest one being the Worldbreaker Monolith. Yeah, these Jesus. things are terrifying, and they're one of the few creatures that have survived the barren and lifeless world of Zyest. Mm-hmm. And let me see. Of course, uh, I'm not going to talk too much about the rag ghouls. I've already talked about them in the zombies episode and all that. But I will be talking about their offshoot, the neck ghouls.
1: I've heard of the Net Ghouls. I don't know much about them.
0: Yeah, the Net Ghouls are a more evolved and intelligent strain of a Rat Ghoul that were isolated on Terra's for centuries. Um, For the longest time, the Rat Ghouls were the only life form on Terrace after, you know, the inhabitants got bombarded and consumed by the Rat Ghoul plague and everything. Mm-hmm. Since they are larger and smarter than the average Rat Ghoul... It gives a suggestion that they are an entirely different species of a rat ghoul. Like, they evolved naturally, and these more intelligent beings.
1: Oh, no, I think you come across these in one of the class stories. I just can't remember which <laughs> one.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, the net ghouls have... Di- okay, so they kind of have a little trade-off. The net ghouls are much more intelligent. They could speak... Um, they lose their uh, their cousin's ability to infect other people with the raghoul plague. Okay,
1: so they're not they're harmless.
0: Yeah. Well Ish. harmless is a light turn they, they,
1: they won't spread the plague.
0: <laughs> Very true. Though what truly set the rag apart from their more savage counterparts was the ability to utilize the force. hmm Yeah. Um, though they are Considered untrained and use of force in more violent applications, making them lean more to the dark side. Um
1: well, no shit. Yeah,
0: yeah. While they are capable of speech, they had no recorded nor remember their origins or how they came to be. So they don't exactly have a focused culture, sort to speak. Hmm. They kind of just do their own thing, even though they do have a potential to create their own culture as their own sentient race and everything. Mm-hmm. Which I think is kind of a missed opportunity that Swator missed out on with the Yeah, they did. Yeah. But
1: they, you can only put so much into a class story.
0: Yeah. There's also a theory that they were previous Jedi or Sith inhabitants that were infected by the Ragghoul plague. And due to their stronger presence in the Force, they... The... the The wording here is that basically they gradually lose their savage self and become more of what they were originally in life. Okay. Which I think is kind of an interesting concept. Like, I love that idea. Like, even while they were consumed by the zombie plague, they just have that sort of willpower to kind of bring their consciousness back up to the surface. Yeah. And then let me see... Um, at one point, the Net Ghouls obtained a holocron of a Jedi named Bayon Soi, who attempted to try teaching the Net Ghouls in the way of a force, very unsuccessfully. <laughs> um, and another Jedi master by the name of Sooyeon attempted to train the Net Ghouls in the way of a light side, with some degrees of success. I think he's like a uh, Nautilus Jedi that tried to train his own Net Ghouls. <laughs> and you literally have like a, the dark side choice. You kill him and the re- and the net ghouls. the Light Side choice. You spare him and the net ghouls kill his ass. Basically,
1: I still can't remember what fucking class story it is.
0: <laughs> I think it's like a uh, general old class story, Dark Side and all that stuff.
1: And my, I, it's not the story arc. I don't know.
0: I do remember uh, for the, the Republic Trooper campaign one of your old squad mates. Uh worked with the Neg Ghouls to weaponize the Rat Ghoul plague and all that.
1: Guess how long it's been since I've completed the Trooper.
0: <laughs> fair enough, <laughs> Hannah. Fair enough. But yeah, I think the Net Ghouls are kind of interesting, like an extension more on the Rat Ghouls, and as they are as a separate race, sort of speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of the neck ghouls and the rat ghouls in general, they have an even bigger subspecies called the eyeless, which I think is kind of a redundant title considering all of them are eyeless. These things are big hulky boys. They're like a uh, Rancor big. Ew. Yeah. Well,
1: you're right, they don't have eyes.
0: Yeah. Um, the Islas are another example of a raggul subspecies, but obviously they are larger and bulkier than their smaller cousins.
1: They're all wrinkly and gross. Yeah,
0: they could be found mainly in the raggul tunnels, where the raggul plague is the most prominent on Terrace. Scientists debate the function of the eyeless, with some claiming that they are the source of a rag infection itself, while others say the eyeless are the next evolutionary step of the rag ghouls. So in Probably in the in the sim- similar vein to the neck ghouls, I assume the eyeless are like a Onga Bunga Go Smash path of the rag mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, I was going to go away from the rag uh next are what is called the Rak Sukari which translates to dream singer in language. Hmm. Rak Sukari. I I that just rolls off the tongue so well. Raku Sukari. Hmm. Um so yeah, Raku Sukari are a dark side twisted of an ensigoid creature called a Daura, native to the outer rim world of Oh my god, this is... I'm going to butcher that word, so I'm not going to attempt to see. pronounce it. Let me see. Um,
1: I said let me see it!
0: Alright, um... It's this one I'm highlighting right now.
1: Apex... Apexcar.
0: Uh, Apexar? Apexar. Apexar. Okay. Yeah, it's a a weird word. Yeah, very weird. (laughs) Apexar, the outer rim world of Apexar.
1: Oh no, Um, it's not canon, so I don't
0: know. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, the Dream Singers are described as being more than six feet tall, possessing a black-blue carapace, and had six legs that ended in hooks, along with two two two-pronged tail extensions with pinchers at each end. Um, their carapace is thick enough to resist lightsaber strikes and could produce pheromones that created ho- horrifying hallucinations to mammalian races. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of civ spawn in general are uh, no bueno in general, but yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Another thing I forgot to mention. Civ spawn is a slur commonly used by Karelians.
1: I think I've heard them say it some, yeah. sometimes in the you story. You bloody
0: Sif spawn! <laughs> <laughs> and then the next one are Vesuliav. These guys are uh, if if you hate bugs, you'll hate these guys specifically. They're like a uh, giant crab, uh, spider-looking fuckers. Ew! Yeah,
1: that's terrifying, and they look fucking huge compared to the. They are in this picture.
0: big.
1: <laughs> yeah. How about no? <laughs>
0: The are a large beetle Sif spawn created by the Sif Empire as war beasts. Originally created from a beetle the size of a womp rat that were known to be docile and inhabited swamps. Jesus. Then the Sif came along and decided to diddle the bug and make it even bigger and more aggressive.
1: They decided to fuck with nature. Yeah,
0: pretty much. The the, the guy complex is strong within the Sif. Yep. Um... So yeah, they changed them into ferocious and predatory killers the size of a Bantha that relentlessly attacked anything and anyone until they were dead or destroyed. <laughs> yeah. They are known to clatter their mandibles loudly before attacking and commonly using their acid to weaken their prey and use their massive jaws to crush them.
1: They have acid?
0: They have acid. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, a lot of these... Uh, Even more nope. No, nope. Um, Vasilyov are infamously difficult to control. Even their own creators had difficulties restraining the giant beetles.
1: Well, wow, surprising.
0: Yeah, aside from the violent nature of its creation, Vasilyov can barely see 32 feet in front of them even during the nighttime.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. In the history of the galaxy, an army of Suliov were left behind on a planet of Kelsinar. Following a massive battle there, and the Descendants would continue to ravage the surface of the world. Mm-hmm. But, very fortunately, the location of this planet would remain unknown to the rest of the galaxy. That's good. But there have been rumors of smugglers coming across a world that is rumored to be swarmed with gigantic beetle-like creatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, these things are no fun at all. No. Now, to the more fun part of a Sith Spawn. We have what is called the Sif Familiar.
1: They have familiars?
0: Yep, they do. I
1: didn't know that.
0: Yeah. The Sif Familiar has the appearance of a small scavenger bird, which were created by the Sif to be trusted companions.
1: Well, yeah, as any familiar would be.
0: Yeah, and just like familiars, they... Have this huge bond between them and their Sith masters. And they had the ability to use any force ability that their masters knew. Mm-hmm. And, That's in, cool. and in turn, their master could see and hear everything the familiar does. So, classic DD familiar, yeah. basically. Um, the familiars are usually brought into existence via Sith alchemy from information recorded on scrolls or holocrons. And for the process, which is. Fairly expensive, requiring uh, 10,000 credits worth of material and alchemy Cheers. apparatuses. Um, even though it costs a good amount, the familiar is incredibly fragile and could be easily damaged in combat. <laughs>
1: that sucks.
0: Just like normal Just familiars. like normal familiars. Yeah. <laughs> but it's pretty cool that the Sith do have familiars, though.
1: That is cool. I like yeah. that.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, the next. want one now. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in the future when we do an evil campaign or something. <laughs> but, anywho, um, next we have what is called the Sif War Behemoth. Yeah, the ancient Sith hem- Empire used a lot of beasts and, of burden and everything. And, uh, yeah, this thing looks like a giant Triceratops looking fucker.
1: Ah, uh, goddammit, I accidentally closed it. <laughs> <out>. <laughs> It looks like an emaciated cer- t- triceratops.
0: Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah.
1: With mammoth horns.
0: Yeah, the war behemoth is one of the many Sith spawn created as war beasts, mostly as a beast of burden, um, having many uh, purposes such as carrying troops into battle, bringing heavy weapons, and it can be used as living battering rams. Um.
1: They look big enough too. Yeah,
0: they are. big. Big, chunky boys. These creatures were originally peaceful herbivores native to the world of Caradalaba within the Siv region of space. Um, and, you know, normal Sith diddling transformed them into more aggressive warbeasts. Of course. And they turned them from herbivores to omnivorous creatures.
1: They both be implants. Yeah. Okay.
0: And for the next Sith War Beast is what is called the Sith Warbird. And I like to think of these guys as basically, uh. <laughs> um. Why am I the big bird from Sesame Street on crack?
1: It looks like it.
0: Yeah, they are big parrot boys.
1: Looks like that one, the third, in the third and. Second and third picture uses mounts and I want one. Yeah. That it, would be so fun.
0: It, yeah, it looks like a it should be a mound in Swator by now. But I guess the knowledge has been lost for like the past millennia. Maybe. Yeah. Um, they are a species of flightless bird native to the planet of Caradalaba, which is where the war behemoth came from. Um that was and it is commonly used as an artillery mount. When fully grown, they stand at almost 20 feet and had a length of 32 feet from nose to tail, and are notoriously known for their bad temper as they would attack anything they saw as a threat. Oof. Despite their size, they lacked raw power, and they are but they are capable of moving with great speed and agility, being able to ram and trample anything in their way through what is known uh, as they are known to gore their enemies with their massive beak. Oh shit! Yeah, you do not want to fuck with this big bird.
1: Imagine just trying to get somewhere you need to go, and it's like, go! <laughs> You're just like stop, 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 stop,
0: stop. <laughs> and the next one is what is called Vesif Worm. Worm? Worm. W y r n. Oh. R m. Sorry. Uh,
1: literally a worm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this is the exact creature that Exar Kun killed when he was going to be sacrificed in that uh, Sith temple on oh, Yavin shit. 4. Um, yeah, the Sith Worm is a creation of Naga Sadao during his exile to Yavin 4. After his failure with, you know, doing the classical Jojo family technique and <laughs> running away. Um, he specifically experimented on a baby Exegorph, which is the space worms from, uh, from uh, Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Um, which was which happened to be attached to his capital ship, and he decided to you know diddle it with Sith alchemy, you know, of a classic Sith like, thing. Like
1: fuck it, I'm already banished, might as well to give it a shot.
0: Yeah, and the Sith Worm in particular was designed as a guardian for his temples. Over the millennia, the local Masasi would worship the Sith Worm as a deity, and would even come, would even be used to sacrifice uh, the future Sith Lord Xarkoon to. And then, oh, of man. course, he obliterated it into oblivion. Yeah. Um, while it's...
1: Watch, watch the XR Coon episode. Yeah,
0: it's so good. It's good. He's the most charismatic motherfucker out of there. And you
1: get to hear me simp over him.
0: <laughs> Another Sith Lord aside from Dooku and Vishy had you simp for.
1: Well, I simp for Thrawn, too, and he's that not is a Sith Lord.
0: <laughs> that is true, yeah. Um... While it seemed that the Sif Worm was a unique specimen, many other Sif Worms would be hunted by the Jedi during an event called the Great Hunt. Most likely, meaning that Nagasidal's ex- sole experiment isn't unique. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think uh, yeah, a lot of these uh, these are like it gives me vibes of the Purple Worm from D I was
1: about to say, it looks like the Purple Worm. Just give it a like a sea dragon head. Yeah,
0: pretty much Her face. Yeah, um. Am I forgetting anything else? No, I don't think so. Um, and next we have what is called the Smoke Demon. Yeah, this is one of those, uh, Sif spawned that That's just summon demon from the- From chaos.
1: Okay. Typical fucking demon.
0: Yeah. Um, Smoke Demons are a dark side entity that could be summoned by Sif sorcery by metamorphosis into their target's greatest fear and vaporize their bodies in the process. Um... They are uniquely called the Seksuwa in the Sif language. They are summoned via an ancient ritual called Dasekua, which is literally translated to "Summon Demon." So you know the classic, very de- original. <laughs> you know the classical D&D spell, D&D spell just Summon Demon. Um, they manifest as mere smoke before assuming a defined shape before attempting to paralyze their targets. Once successful, they flow into the body of their victim and then be absorbed into the demon via turning into smoke. Yeah. So they literally uh, suffocate their victims with their bodies.
1: That's a terrifying way yeah, to go.
0: Yeah, very terrifying. Despite being a smoke-like entity, it, it has enough physical strength to match a Wookiee in hand-to-hand combat. Well, oh, excuse me. And while they cannot speak verbally, they can still communicate telepathically.
1: Because why not?
0: Yeah, why <laughs> fuck not? And I'm pretty sure you are very familiar. Judging by
1: the way that uh, comic uh, panel <laughs> yeah. looked, that's Legends.
0: That is Legends. That's like the one of the original Marvel comics back in the day when Star Wars was new. <laughs> and the next one I think you'll be very familiar with, the talk. Yes,
1: you fight a lot of these on Coraban and Rowan Cost.
0: Yeah, they are literally everywhere in the galaxy. Ugh,
1: they <laughs> suck. Especially if you're underleveled or undergeared for the boss fight.
0: Yeah. Like a dumbass. Yeah. The Toronto Tug is a Sith spawn that is rumored to originally be created by the Rancor, because they have very similar looks to the Rancor itself.
1: A bit, but not really.
0: Not really, no. Um, while it is unknown. Er- like I said, it's rumored that they were created by the Rancor. It is unknown of which animal they were originally created from. Um, the Tarant- What is apparent is that the Tox would hibernate during dormancy. Uh, when the dark side was less powerful. Like, when the Sith were extincted into oblivion by uh, Darth Bane. They they basically hibernated, just waiting for the next Sith lore to pop out and rule the galaxy and spread the dark side across. Yep. Yeah, these things are usually like uh, omens for the rise of powerful dark lords or Sith Sith empires, if you will. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the Tarantatags are most infamous because they love drinking the blood of force sensitives. That's like their favorite food.
1: I did not know that.
0: Yep, yep. They literally drink on the blood of force sensitives. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um... Another
1: not-good way to go.
0: Yeah. Fucking
1: dumb ways to die in Star
0: Wars. (laughs) The Tarantataks have highly venomous tusks and claws. Um, while most are credited as a creation of Exar himself, the Tarantataks have their origins tracing all the way back to the Jedi Order.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, they were originally created... As uh, basically living, uh, you know, kind of like how dogs kind of sniff around for explosives and drugs at the airport. Mm -hmm. They were basically created during the Despot War as basically explosive-detecting creatures.
1: Mm.
0: But yeah, um, most of that uh, knowledge has been lost to time. And it would be kind of ironic for the Sith to find out that it it was the ancestors of a Jedi that created the Tarantitox in the first place.
1: Yeah, it's something they probably tease the Jedi over.
0: Yeah, and their original name under the Jedi Order would be the Toronto Okay. Yeah. Um. However, even though they were designed to, uh, you know, go after, uh. uh bombs and everything they would slowly develop a taste for force-enriched meat and thus began targeting force users and you know the jedi were like fuck this we're gonna deposit all these guys on the moon of bogan that way you know they don't harm anybody else except for the criminals that deserve to be there oh
1: shit (laughs) yeah pretty
0: much um the first recorded encounter of a modern-day talk would be on the world of Droman Cos during the early reign of Vitiate Sith Empire while clearing the section of jungle and killing any hostile wife that uh, existed there. Yeah. So apparently the Toronto talks were just a natural They form. were there. They were always there for some reason. I'm not too sure how.
1: Yeah, because you run into one on a... Not a side mission, but a heroic mission. Yeah, okay. You have to gather all the these runes that have parts of the Sith code. Yeah, it's a, it's a simple puzzle if you know the Sith code.
0: Yeah, um, there's and you al- fight it. Yeah, there's also some sources conflicted. Um, saying the Tarantutok was also a natural evolution of wildlife on Coraban itself. Could be. Yeah, like there's the existence of a named Tarantutok called the Beast of Marco Ragnos.
1: A very fitting fucking name god damn yeah
0: it is and uh, yeah as the as the name implies it does guard the tomb of marco Ragnos himself
1: nobody even knows where his fucking tomb is
0: <laughs> yeah um yeah um but let me see regardless of the source of which source is true aside from you know the jedi being the ones creating mm-hmm. them. Um, the Tugs have become one of the most dangerous creatures ever created by the Sith. So much so that they were often coined as Jedi killers. (laughs) And Kuhn... Very ironic. Yeah. Um, and Kuhn himself would often unleash these monsters to destroy Jedi outposts across the galaxy. Fitting. And they would last long after XR Kuhn's brief legacy. Um... A Toronto tug would still prove dangerous to all of the galaxy, which caused the Jedi Council to authorize an event called the Great Hunt, in an attempt to drive the Sith spawn to basically extinction.
1: Let me guess: did it work?
0: Uh, it a majority of the Toronto tugs were killed, but a majority of them just went into hibernation, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, while the Jedi, uh, okay, I already explained that. Um, they would. Sp- Boom in numbers during the rise of numerous Sith Lords, such as Darth Revan, Darth Vitiate, and Emperor Palpatine.
1: Of course, why the fuck not? Why why does Palpatine need more things (laughs) to control? (laughs) Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, as I said before, the Toronto talks are just an omen of one shit is going down, basically.
1: Or one shit has hit the fan. Yeah, pretty much. God damn.
0: Yeah, I do think it's pretty cool. I think I also remember somewhere that uh, they were directly inspired by the Umber Hulk from D&D. Okay, I'll, I, don't, I
1: don't know what that looks like.
0: Okay, I'll show you real quickly what a Umber Hulk looks like. Quick pause. Yeah, that's, that's what it looks like.
1: Oh, we fought one of those, didn't we?
0: Yeah, we did. Oh shit. I think it tried to drag me in the tunnel when I was uh, when I was Gust a little while ago. Yeah,
1: in the Hollow Knight. Uh... <laughs> yes.
0: Alright, the Toronto talk. Next we have what is called the Leviathan. Probably one of the larger uh, Sif spawn that you'll ever see depicted. Um, and these guys, as you probably recall from when I was talking about uh, the Book of the Sif, are the personal creations of... Uh, Sarah's a, the mother of a Sif Spawn herself. And mm-hmm. these guys are big. They're like more chonky versions of a Tyrannosaurus Rex.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's another nope.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, the Leviathans are an ancient species of bioengineered serpentine creatures that were created by the Dark Jedi during the Hundred Year Darkness. Um, the Leviathans were created as, quote, living super weapons. And especially drew on the life energies of enemies. Um, and, you know, they they would do the classic Shang Tsung thing of saying, Your soul is mine! <laughs> yeah, like, you probably can't see it in most of their pictures, but they have, like, a, uh, a large spine. And their spine... Cr- uh, contains the souls of all the victims they have consumed
1: Jesus Christ
0: yeah, these you really things cannot are not
1: see that ever. yeah
0: um let me actually show you a picture of uh a Jedi uh, uh puncturing one of these blisterbacks
1: Jesus Christ
0: yeah they're the Leviathans are pretty hardcore oh, okay yeah hmm. yeah, they literally uh, absorb the souls of any that oppose them.
1: Yep. Nope. <laughs>
0: nope. Yeah. Nope. Um, as you saw in, did I use in that picture? Yeah. Um, that little serpentine is what their larva looks like. Ew. Yeah, eventually they would grow up really quickly into this more bipedal-looking creature with four smaller limbs and two tentacles around its jaws.
1: And then they grow into the big fucker.
0: Yeah, the big fucker. The height of a leviathan is incredibly tough, which made them able to walk through lava unscathed. Oh, boy. So, yeah, these guys can take a literal lava bath and not, uh, yeah, be affected by it. Mm-hmm. Um... Let me see. The Leviathans, despite having a massive girth, are deceptively agile and are more than capable of outrunning most prey. So imagine this giant chonky thing just right towards yeah. you. No. Oh, <laughs> thank you. They, nope. they also have the ability to breathe fire.
1: Because uh, why the fuck not?
0: Yeah. Um, Sarazan was probably on crag when developing this thing.
1: Some
0: kind of drug. Yeah, some kind of drug, as is the way of the Sith and everything. When <laughs> a Leviathan kills a being and stores their life essence into their blister traps. It provides not only nourishment, but it also gains the knowledge and intelligence of their victims. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so the literal Shang Tsung thing, where he utilizes the soul of those he's consumed. Oh, yeah. This is...
1: Fucking legends, man.
0: Yeah. It's the best kind of crack, I swear to God. Um, The Leviathan has the cognitive intelligence and reasoning of a non-sentient pet. Um, Even though they do have the souls that they utilize from, they mostly act like dogs, basically.
1: Okay, so they're intelligent, but they...
0: They don't have uh, reasoning skills like you and I do.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they might be smart enough to know how to uh, counter your attacks and everything like that, but they're not smart enough to pilot a plane or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, though the Leviathan, due to all the uh, souls that it has consumed, the Leviathan can interfere with the senses of, nor- of nearby Force users, as the Force user is hearing the countless screams of the Leviathan's victims in their head.
1: Yet another thing that makes this thing fucking terrifying.
0: Yeah. And uh, it would produce throbbing headaches and trigger obsessive behavior around making the pain stop. Like either running the fuck away or going on the back of a Leviathan and freeing the souls of it. So it could work both ways in all honesty. Um, the Leviathans could, uh, very much like the Toronto talk. they could hibernate for millennia at a time before the presence of prey causing them to reawaken.
1: Please tell me Palpatine doesn't get one of these.
0: As far as I know, no. Thank God. <laughs> but they did exist around that era. Oh my
1: God. Because,
0: uh, members of Luke Skywalker's Jedi Praxium encountered one.
1: Ah, uh, for fuck's
0: sake. Yeah. <laughs> While it may seem like an unstoppable juggernaut, the Leviathans can be slain through enough lightsaber strikes and could be easily destroyed by concentrated turbo laser fire or force lightning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you basically need uh weapons that basically destroy starships to kill this thing. Yeah. Yeah, or Sith lightning. It'd be like, unlimited power!
1: Yeah, but Sith lightning is... That that could hurt.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Um let me see. The Leviathan's proved to be a fearsome creature and Siv spawned Nevada Suarez sign herself having a uh, personal pet leviathan. She lovingly names I'll go ahead and send a picture of her personal leviathan. Um there he is. Yeah, look at this fucker. It is big.
1: Oh my god.
0: And she named this specimen, Chris Spanko, the ever-hungry.
1: He looks hungry. Yeah. He's got four eyes. Oh, my God. a lot of teeth.
0: A lot of teeth. And even its motherfucking head is bigger than her right in front of it.
1: Yeah. Oh, boy.
0: Imagine that. That's what I
1: think King Ghidorah's one of King Ghidorah's heads would look like.
0: Oh, yeah. Up close. (laughs) Can you imagine having one of these things as your personal pet?
1: That's very ballsy.
0: It is pretty ballsy. <laughs> but yeah, um
1: I mean she 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 probably has to have no fear.
0: No, she does not. She loves doing a lot of experimentation and bullshit. Fair enough. I think if I remember her lore correctly, she was the one that invented the Sith code. Oh. Yep. Cool. Yeah, she's a uh, kind of an interesting character. She's kind of uh, insane, but yeah, she's pretty interesting. What
1: Sith is it? You
0: know that's fair, except for uh, fucking uh, uh Darf uh Mar. He's not yes. insane. <laughs> Mar
1: is not insane.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Props to the Chad.
0: Yeah. Soon, uh would have a subspecies called the Sea Leviathan.
1: Fucking. Is that where Subnautica got it from?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would not doubt that. <laughs> and this is what it looks like. The Sea Leviathan. Still a bit chonky.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's another nope.
0: Yeah. The Sea Leviathan is actually a more recent uh, addition to the Leviathan. It was created by a Sif scientist named Vo Espen, um, who is a Sif... Sith- ...scientist under, uh, the one Sith by Darth Crate in the legacy era of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sea Leviathan would... ...would be unleashed upon the seas of Monkela to help commit genocide of a Mon Calamari.
1: Because why not?
0: Because both, why the fuck <laughs> They have already to kill
1: the Mon Calamari before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, though, fortunately, even though the Leviathan ate a lot of Mon Calamari souls, as you saw there... Um... It would be killed by an Imperial Knight who controlled a school of devil squids that dragged the large creature to the depths below.
1: So it drowned.
0: Uh, it got ravaged to pieces. Oh, shit. By a bunch of giant squids, basically. Oh. Yeah. Went out in a pretty metal way.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is pretty metal.
0: Yeah. Um. If you were impressed by the Leviathan, also it was kind of nice that you mentioned King Ghidorah earlier because we are about to talk about what is called the Battle Hydra.
1: Hey, just give it one more head and it's King Ghidorah.
0: Yeah. Um, probably one of a cooler looking Sith spawn in my opinion. Mostly because I love dragons. That's a personal bias of mine. Um,
1: Well, no shit, artificial <laughs> dragon.
0: <laughs> Touché, Hannah. <laughs> the Battle Hydra is a large reptilian dragon-like creature created by good old Mega Chad Xarcoon himself during his brief reign as Dark Lord of Sif.
1: The heads on the second one look like they could be in a, like a cartoon.
0: They could be, yeah.
1: That's cool. I yeah. like that.
0: A battle hydra has the common characteristics of two of a two-headed dragon-like creature that possess two levery wings, but no two battle hydras are you are the same mm-hmm. each one of them are unique like a clear reference to king Ghidorah. there's one that's described as having three heads oh shit and it doesn't have any front forelimbs limbs either oh <laughs> but it still has uh, two legs you know
1: yeah that is, cool.
0: <laughs> it is pretty cool um but let me see uh though it is uh, they commonly they do commonly have two heads, and they possessed a whip-like tail with a hood stinger at the end, which possessed a strong and acidic crystallized poison.
1: Oh, boy.
0: Yeah, you do not want to be stabbed by that poison. Um, They possessed powerful claws, which they could use to easily rip the flesh off of any being, and their scaly hide would be altered at the molecular level, as certain allies would be fused with the uh, Battle Hydra when it was created. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point that they, res- they can even resist lightsaber strikes.
1: Because why not? Another fucking thing that can de- hey
0: man. deflect lightsabers. Hey man, when you're creating living weapons to yeet at the Jedi, you gotta have countermeasures against <laughs> their lightsabers.
1: Very true. <laughs> Don't show this to Koji.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Um... When they were left on their own, you know, when when uh, Exar Kun was sacrificed and became a Sith sphere and trapped on Yavin Four to, for all eternity, mm-hmm. the Battle Hydras would, you know, just they had no master to direct them towards a purpose, and mm-hmm. they would just revert to a common predatory animal and go into the wilds of Yavin Four.
1: So they're just big, oversized lizards,
0: pretty much. At least until another Sif came around. Until another Sif. Yeah, and yeah, when a Sif isn't directing them, they're basically just animals.
1: Well, no shit.
0: Oh yeah, I also forgot. Uh, there might be some uh, personal notes of how the Battle Hydra was created. Here we go. Because even though it is credited as a creation of Xarkoon, it was might also have been created by Sarazan herself. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, quote: A curious two-headed reptilian creature was recently birthed from the FO of ten thousand sacrificial birds. It is armed with a poison-tipped tail. I have classified it as the battle hydra, but I have yet to name the creature. My slaves are building an aviary for my free specimens. So it's also kind of an interesting implication that she basically sacrificed ten thousand birds to create this thing.
1: Jesus.
0: So yeah, That's either, a lot of birds. That is a lot of birds. But yeah, there's also the implication that it could be a modification of an already existing creature or it could be a demon. Yeah. Also, there's an interesting note of a uh, Luke Skywalker um being all like uh
1: commenting on it.
0: Battle hydras or something like them have settled into the ecosystem of Yavin 4. I had to persuade Jason not to take one as a pet. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's funny. It
0: is so funny. I love those little comments in those books. (laughs) They're awesome. Yeah, they are pretty cool. Um, But yeah, the battle hydras would be left in the wilderness of Yavin 4. Um, They would stay there. Yeah. (laughs) They would be seen as mindless but more shy creatures. And they are more likely to hide than actually fight. Contrary to their fearsome appearance. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, though when searching for food, the Battle Hydra hunts alone. Being a solitary creature by nature, they would glide down through thermal currents when on the prowl and drop on any prey it spots. I just imagine, uh, it just, huh? What's that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm like an
0: animal or something, just.
1: <laughs> gotcha, <funny>. bitch.
0: <laughs> Though they are susceptible to influence or commands of dark side force users, as normally they would not attack unless cornered or commanded by a Sith Lord. During the era of the Old Republic, many Sith would utilize battle hydras as their own personal shock troopers. Mm-hmm. Um, as they, as it was only under their command that they would attack in great numbers. mm mm-hmm. Battle Hydras are known to be attracted to locations particularly strong in the dark side, with some theorizing that they might draw nourishment from such locales. Um, when Exar dived into the arts of Sith alchemy, the Battle Hydra was one of his many experiments alongside the Sith Worm of a Tarant attack. But yeah, um, we'll fast forward a little bit. In the New Republic era, when Luke Skywalker was creating his first Jedi Temple on Yavin 4, the, eventually the spirit of Exar Kun would reawaken and summon the Battle Hydras to besiege the Jedi Temple.
1: Because why not?
0: Because I mean, why the fuck not? <laughs> I mean, he did
1: choose Yavin 4 of all places, so... yeah,
0: yeah. Luke Skywalker, I appreciate you and all that, but why the fuck did you have to choose Yavin for?
1: <laughs> He's a dumbass.
0: <laughs> no. He is based. He accepted the Iron Knights into his ranks. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> he is based, Hannah. Anyway, um, second to last Sif Spawn we will talk about... um. God damn it. Before we dive into that, what was the name of that dragon from Serrano? Uh,
1: the. Shit. Um, it's covered in Dooku Jedi Lost. Yeah. Uh, hang on. I'm gonna. It's such a weird word,
0: but yeah. Um, I do like. I think there's also an implication that the dragon might be a uh, Sith creation because it was utilized by Darksiders in Serrano's past and everything.
1: The to t- t-
0: <laughs> Now you know how I feel.
1: Teria Taka.
0: The Tereia Taka, yeah. Dragons in sci-fi are so badass. Yes, Anna. they
1: are. <laughs> I totally forgot that fucking happened in the play.
0: Yeah, there's awesome. It isn't confirmed, of course, but there's the implication that that dragon creature might be a creation of the Sith.
1: No wonder Dooku was able. To- yeah. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, we'll have to cover that audiobook one of these days. Yes. So good. <laughs> yes. Read
1: it for or li- listen to it or read it for yourself. I have the physical copy. Yeah. It's so good.
0: It is so good. It's poor Cypho Diaz in that book.
1: I, no spoilers.
0: <laughs> but anyway, um, it's kind of relevant because the second to last Siv spawn we will talk about is what is called I don't have any pictures unfortunately. Um is what is called the Kayaf Dragon. It is most likely the largest Sif spawn ever created in the entirety of a Star Wars galaxy. Because
1: why the fuck not? Yeah.
0: It is described as it's a... gigantic
1: a gi- competition now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is described as a gigantic serpentine beast that was created by a name Sif Lord by the name of Darth Raven. Not to be confused with Raven. Raven.
1: Spelled the same way? or No,
0: it's spelled very differently. R, uh, R I V A N, just replace the E with an I. Like r- ribbon. Riven, yeah. Okay. Um, and it was created to defend his personal fortress on the planet of Omas. Um, the Kaiav Dragon is measured at around six hundred fifty six, uh, six hundred fifty six feet in length, which, to give you a perspective, is twice as big as the Greater Krid Dragon.
1: And that thing is already fucking huge! Mm-hmm. Oh my god! It's
0: even bigger than Godzilla himself.
1: Oh my!
0: <laughs> it's a big boy.
1: Holy shit! That's huge. It
0: is huge, and it was, and it is covered by a thick armor-like skin that has the exact color as the sands of the Almas wasteland.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's base basic sand and everything. Okay. Um. For defense, the Kaia Dragon has razor-sharp claws, and inside its mouth, it has rows of small teeth as well as larger front teeth, so pretty much like a shark, basically.
1: Oh, no! Um,
0: and, and its larger teeth are bigger than Wookiee's.
1: Oh, no! <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and it is sharp enough to cut through most metals just as easily as a lightsaber can.
1: How many of these are there in the galaxy? One. I fucking knew
0: it. It's <laughs> just the one. It Hannah. can
1: stay there.
0: Yeah, it can stay on all mass for all we care. On top of that, due to its massive exposure to the dark side, it's uh, Okay, it's exposed to the dark side presence at its creator's fortress. Um, it is also force sensitive.
1: Of fucking course, a, tw- a twenty-five thousand year old star dragon can be Force sensitive.
0: <laughs> it knows. Why the fuck not? It knows these following Force powers: Battle Mind, Force Sense, and Telekinesis.
1: Oh my god!
0: It even has the ability to shoot fireboats of Force lightning. Cause why not? <laughs> um. It is also immune to detection by force abilities, and due to its if spawn presence, it is rendered invisible to sensors designed to spot life forms.
1: Oh. So
0: it is invisible to all sorts of scanners and force sensing bullshit.
1: <laughs> That's just bullshit at yeah. that point. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> it is the super bullshit. worst
1: Horror game ever.
0: No, no, it's it's basically the uh what was it? Uh God damn it. What's that D&D monster that's super powerful? Uh...
1: The Tarrasque!
0: It's basically the Trask. yes. Yes, it is.
1: It's probably <laughs> as big as the fucking Tarrasque,
0: too. Yeah. I think it's bigger than the Tarrasque. Oh, no. I think you could easily kick a Trask's ass. Oh, God. <laughs> but, that's another
1: nope on the list.
0: A, that is another nope. <laughs> um, But fortunately, this thing is also... It isn't fully sentient, but it is has a limited degree of self-awareness. Hmm. To the point that it went to great lengths to avoid drawing the attention of the inhabitants of Almas.
1: That's surprising. Okay.
0: Like, it doesn't want its presence to be known. Of course, it'll eat a couple of people here and there because, you know, it needs its food, food and everything. But it mostly just, uh, it just stays underground, basically. Okay. And just eats the uh, flora and fungus that's down there. Okay. But yeah, um, let me see. And it would occasionally prey on last travelers that will wander to uh, the, the fortress of its former master and
1: everything. Mm-hmm.
0: And even, okay, um, it would, basically it would eat just enough that the population would not fluctuate too much. It's super smart.
1: This thing is terrifying all over. It's yeah. not. It's not just big with the mind of an animal. It's big and it's smart.
0: It is smart. Yes. You're fucked. <laughs> it also has a massive lifespan, as it has lived for over a thousand years.
1: Yep, you're fucked.
0: Yeah, it's fucked. Not as old as Lady Tyvo, fortunately.
1: Uh, yeah, Lady TIE is older, but still. Yeah. Fucking dragons, dude.
0: <laughs> yeah, dragons are horrifying in any genre. Yes. Well, except one very about a cute, cuddly kind, but semantics. <laughs> <laughs> um, It was created by Darth Riven during the turmoil of the New Sith Wars to literally combat armies of Jedi that might be thinking of besieging his fortress.
1: Well that's a fucking great guard dog.
0: Yeah, it is a massive guard dog.
1: I I want that.
0: It is. Yeah, it's... (laughs) I wish there were pictures of this thing because it sounds so fucking cool.
1: Someone needs to draw this! (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um... Fortunately, the Kai of... Uh, so, eventually, Darth Riven got driven off of his fortress, however they were able to. How the fuck they um, did it, we don't know. But, yeah, the Kai of Dragon would roam the crust of a world undisturbed for the next millennia. Um, eventually, though... The Kai of Dragon would be considered a local mythology by the local inhabitants, mostly to scare misbehaving children. Like, don't go out, bass curfew, otherwise, the Kai of Dragon will kill you. Yep. Um, Even though there would be the occasional sightings of its scattered teeth that a traveler would come upon, it would still be considered a myth by the local population. Okay. I do think, uh, so the Kai of Dragon, I believe, is the, basically the final boss for this RPG series. And, uh, as far as I can tell, it just drove the player characters away and then just fucked off into the crust of a world.
1: Well, at least it didn't TPK the party.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this this would be a ultimate endgame boss, Hannah.
1: That's something you'd throw at us for the lows.
0: <laughs> hey, man. The you dirge... did it
1: with Spoogebot. Don't <laughs> fucking lie to me.
0: <laughs> you know that's fair. You know that's fair. But that's only for the lows because I wanted to try them out. <laughs> anyway, speaking of my D&D campaign, we will be diving into... Uh, for anybody that's wondering, this is uh going past canon legend star wars stuff this will be more about uh this
1: is completely isaac's creation
0: yeah it's a homebrew slash semi-legends creation um so yeah the, the awesome final segue there yeah um so the final sif spawn that we will be talking about is what is called the sif witchling and you are very familiar with this thing
1: yes we had to fight one
0: yeah and it was it horrifying. is not fun yeah <laughs> So yeah, the Sif Witchling, it is a much more recent Sif spawn, as it was roughly created during the Golden Age of the Republic, so long after the Sif got extincted and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was created right around the founding of one of the witches of Daphomir were created, which is around 600 years before the Battle of Yavin. Um... And it was created through an unholy union between Sith alchemy and Night Sister magic.
1: Hey, the Knight Sisters can create some pretty horrifying things. I
0: mean, they created Savage Opress, so yes. Yes. <laughs> or at least physically mo- augmented him into that buffy beast. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the Sith Witchling. It is rumored as a brainchild of a sister Sith Lord guided by the spirit of Sarasazane, who is the creator of all the Sith spawn we talked about.
1: That's cool.
0: It is pretty cool, yeah. Um, This is my own personal lore. It's probably not apparent in the uh, book that appears in, which is the Supernatural Encounters book.
1: Which is not an official book.
0: So... so It's, it's one of those subjects that's highly contested. Technically, it's part of Legends, you know, there were numerous, uh, what was it, uh, royalties signed off on it, but it never got released fully, and the one that I have right now is basically an expanded version, um, and Sith Witchling got included in the book—a very small role, but it's still pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I can see the the bookmarks sticking out.
0: <laughs> yeah, so let me go ahead and read you a brief insert from the book of when it appears, Hannah. Um, so okay,
1: hey, that's a that's a thick book.
0: It is a very. Like Who <laughs> Okay, um. Let me see if I can find the uh, okay. So this is a section of a book where it's ex- kind of a minor spoilers for anybody that are yet to read supernatural encounters. For this is a uh, chapter ten, chapter eleven in the book.
1: That <laughs> took you a minute.
0: Yeah, I had to, I had to think for a little bit. V one, that's eleven, right? Roman numerals, right? V one.
1: No, that's six.
0: Six one, okay.
1: Five
0: is V. Okay, so book sixty one, then.
1: Holy shit!
0: Yeah, so it's pretty far into supernatural encounters, but anyway, so for a brief context, Viz follows a night sister by the name of Solari, and she's kind of just exploring the galaxy, learning dark side secrets, and she finds this holocron belonging to this uh, Sith lord by the name of Darth Dreadwar
1: darth dread war yeah
0: okay. it's kind of a interesting name but yeah <laughs> um so let me see uh okay here we go <clears throat> the holographic similar of darth dread war was an easily coaxed into talking as the real thing and every bit as annoying she feigned promises to spread his message to future Sif and demanded access to any alchemical enigmas it had on record. Most were standard and unhelpful, but one caught her attention. The incantation she had, w- had been one Vatsaria Zan had been working on, which Dreadwar's Hollow said had been acquired from a wicked old woman on Dophimir. Which makes it our spell, Sorry, said aloud. It involved the summoning of abominations from some place called the Cranal Worlds, that the Dark Lady called Witchlings. So, she said aloud, monsters from hell, what's so special about these? She contemplated the fun she'd have using them against Zane and Fen. As she learned, whereas as smoke demons and Sith spawn were killers with base cunning, Witchlings were intelligent enough to serve as assassins and spies. Dread Wars Hologram spoke on about how Zane baked aptitude into the design, though even she had struggled with controlling them, and it was uncertain if she'd had access prior to her arrest and execution. Salari tried not to fall asleep as he went on about quantum mechanics and evolutionary philosophy um, until he uh, fine, finally returned to the part about their capacity for murder and infiltration, capable of re-knitting their flesh into the shape of their targets while inheriting the memories of their victims. Witchlings seem the perfect method by which to eliminate one's rivals."
1: yeah fucking terrifying
0: they are very terrifying um so yeah the okay based i'm gonna be a little bit vague about this the origin creature or sentient race that the civ witchling was created from is a sort of shape-shifting race and that could mean a good majority of the shape-shifting races in the galaxy, like the Clawdite, you know, Zamwazel's uh, race.
1: Yeah, I was thinking like Zamwazel's race.
0: But yeah, there are several others. But it's generally assumed that of uh, the Night sister, Sith Lord, experimented on a Clawdite and basically transformed into, you know, the monster you know and love today.
1: <laughs> no one loved, no one feared. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the Sith Sith Witchlings are basically, uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, but, uh, much more terrifying.
1: Yeah, not as, like, Limmy. Yeah. Because if you see The Thing, like I have, it's just nothing but limbs. It's creepy. (laughs) Yeah,
0: um... I would love to one day make an animation or commission somebody to make an animation of it going into its uh, transformation cycle. Like you hear bones snapping, you hear it's... Like uh, fucking
1: body horror. uh,
0: Plenty of body horror with the Sith Witchling in general. Like there's like there's several images where it has like a massive maw just about to chomp your face in and everything. And of course, there's my uh, short film, Sith Witchling. Go watch it. Plug it here. It's so good. Um, The art was made by uh, legendary Daco's Gellum himself. So good. Please watch. Please. It's good.
1: (laughs) It's very good.
0: Yeah. Um, And another thing about the Sith Witchling that makes them so terrifying is that, like with most shape-shifting creatures or people that impersonate others, Mm -hmm. they try to pass themselves off as that person. For the Sith Witchling, they gain their... Exact memories.
1: That's what makes it even more terrifying.
0: Yeah, like you, your, your buddy could just go to the bathroom and then come back and. It-
1: you wouldn't know he got switched.
0: Yeah, you would that's not know at fucking all.
1: terrifying.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah, I'll provide additional context for the D&D campaign because this Sif Witchling in particular was disguised as a uh, Mandalorian CEO that uh, <laughs> that the party was sent to retrieve.
1: Right, I remember this now. It's been a while. It's yeah. been a while.
0: It's been a good while, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And uh, another thing that makes it terrifying is that it uh, radiates magical darkness around it.
1: Yeah, so even the light of a diathem couldn't go through that. Yeah. So we were all stuck on the ship in complete darkness.
0: Well, every once in a while, um, there would be red lights that go on periodically, kind of to uh, illuminate the surroundings briefly before, you know, going back into darkness. Yeah,
1: like in... Insert fucking movie here.
0: Yeah, like um the the climax of Alien when they're when yes. Ridley did a self destruct sequence. Yes. Um, let me see. It also has the ability to summon shadow clones.
1: Yes, because those all those tried to kill Liel's daughter. It's <laughs> yep. like okay, no, leaving the fight, going to go save my kid.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. As the creator of the Sith Witchling, for any of you that are uh, interested in introducing it to your D&D campaign, you also have the ability, these things are motherfucking smart. Like, uh, not only do they have the knowledge and know the exact skills of the victims that they consume, they are pretty much just sentient. Unlike a majority of Sith spawn. Again. And another thing, they... Uh, they cannot, uh, due to their magical nature with uh, Sith Alchemy, and Night Sister magic, they do not appear on electronic devices.
1: Yeah, that's how it. that's how Arjak didn't detect it on the ship and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is bullshit.
0: <laughs> and it was also kind of funny because uh, you, Arjak at one point was like, here, I'll show you the camera of me getting the shit kicked out of me by this thing. And it's just Arjak just floating in the air everywhere.
1: Yes, I remember that. that was, <laughs> oh, God.
0: Yeah, it's... Yes. Very
1: terrifying boss fight, but a very good boss fight. I'm yeah. glad we all survived!
0: Yeah. Um, I know, like, a, it's kind of typical for, you know, evil-like creatures to remain evil. I do like in my personal headcanon where there's the potential of there to be a good Sith Witchling. Like, they are smart enough to have their own personalities and tastes and all of that. Oh, wow. Like, a. I do have a uh, table, which is role-playing as a Sith Witchling. Like, one of the choices that you could do is... uh, What is it? Um, Community. Under ideals. Um, Interaction with other beings keeps me occupied. This is why I prefer to be surrounded by my minions. Hmm. So, yeah. These things, uh, they have a... They're not two-dimensional beings. They have... Three dimensions, potentially.
1: Potentially, but from what you threw threw at us, it was nothing but terrifying.
0: Yeah, that particular one. Let me see if I can remember. Uh, that particular one's name was. Uh, yeah, I also have a table for Sith witchling names. Um, <laughs> that one was specifically named Vexief.
1: I thought I remember that name. Yeah. But the- un- unfortunately, out of character because uh. The only person who did know his name died.
0: Haname, yeah. He got blown the fuck up by Mandalore of the Phoenix. No,
1: he blew Mandalore of the
0: Phoenix up. (laughs) He still blew himself the fuck up, though. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, um, Vexiev, uh, what was his uh, personality trait? Here we go, I think. Um, No, goddammit. Okay, here we go um his personality trait is i love playing with my food watching them squirm in panic and fear
1: that's not fucking fair
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah if you're if any of you are aspiring dms and want to give your you know players a uh, scary challenge in the middle of a one session or something like that the Civ Witchling is ab- an absolutely great creature for you to use. They are CR8, which is pretty good for a uh, mid level party.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, the Mandalorian almost died.
0: Yeah, one of the few times Arjag actually got hurt in the yeah. entire campaign.
1: Yes, he almost died. Yeah. It's like, oh
0: no. <laughs> oh and- no. And uh, in case anybody's wondering, if these things are so powerful, how is it that they have not conquered the galaxy by now? Um, it's also, uh, okay, so out of character, it's just more of a limitation of there's so few of them. And probably the knowledge has been uh, lost to time at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but also in lore, they are such a unique creation. Like they're a blend of Civ Alchemy and Night Sister Magic. Only like 10 in existence could ever be in the galaxy. Okay. Which is a very minuscule number in comparison to billions and trillions of beings of the galaxy.
1: True. But they're still fucking terrifying if they're the same as the one we fought.
0: Yeah, exactly. It would be like looking for a needle in a haystack for both witchlings. Fair. <laughs> but yeah, um, the Sif witchling, I am so proud of it. It's gotten a life of its own got itself in its own book, and I am so proud of my little baby.
1: Good achievement, Isaac. Yeah.
0: <laughs> God, it, it's been like a three, four years since I created this motherfucking thing.
1: It's been that long?
0: It has been that long, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, and
1: congratulations, I'm, you actually got it published.
0: Yeah, and I am sharing it with everybody on this podcast.
1: Will the stat block be available?
0: Yes, it will. It will publicly be available for you to look and enjoy. And I recently add the addition of a favored Sif witchling, which is a much more beefed up version of it. Oh,
1: fuck! <laughs> you better not throw this at us.
0: Well, we shall see, Hannah.
1: What's the next episode going to be about?
0: <laughs> Immediately trying to change the topic. Um. So before we go that, that is our episode of Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi? Or in this case, how many times can the Sif ditto the... Wildlife of a galaxy,
1: or how many times can Sith break the laws of nature,
0: or <laughs> go through their god complex? <laughs> but yeah, um, for so for our next episode, it's gonna be our fiftieth episode. Would have been cool if it was our Halloween episode, but ergo, that's not how the order of things works. Shit happens. Um, but yeah, it will be. Uh, I'm probably gonna need a couple of, uh, weeks to gather material for this episode because...
1: Oh boy, this is gonna uh, be big.
0: Um, next week, not next week, next episode, the 50th episode, we will be exploring one of the more, uh, I'm gonna say kind of fan-favorite sections of the old Legends era of Star Wars. We will be exploring the Dark Empire series.
1: Oh, shit! Yeah! Well, it looks like I have some reading to do.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, gonna be one of those. It's one of those uh, popular topics that one of our patreons keeps begging us to. to.
1: That's very and, yes, fair.
0: Um, we've been kind of neglecting the uh the original trilogy era of Star Wars, but I think it's time for us to redeem ourselves, Hannah.
1: It's kind of fair because it's more out of our wheelhouse because yeah. we're more familiar with with the prequels, the prequels and all that. And the sequels, eh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> at least it's not uh, going to be surrounding the sequel trilogy this time.
1: But I'm I'm interested in t- to cover the the trilogy, yeah. the original trilogy.
0: Yeah. Because, yeah,
1: you know, I don't know that much about it. And yeah. it would help me, I, I think, connect more to my dad because that's what he grew
0: up with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, okay, we'll, we'll save that for that episode because uh, we're just going into personal details at this point. But I have a QA prepared for us, by the way. Holy shit! Yeah.
1: That's awesome!
0: <laughs> so yeah, we'll save that for the, de- the 50th episode, Hannah.
1: That's gonna be so cool. It is gonna be I so cool. I cannot wait for it.
0: And I hope the thumbnail will be... Hmm, oozy move drip. <laughs> 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 but yeah, um... Thank yep, you, I gotta everybody. Read the,
1: I gotta read the Heir to the Empire books now. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um... Thank you, everybody, so much for supporting this lovely journey that me and Hannah have been going down for the past year or so. And I hope we could do more episodes like this in the future. Uh, Talking about the Sith Witchling was a lot of fun. Sith Spawn, it's one of those things of Star Wars that I really appreciate. And uh, I do hope one day we get introduced to more Sith Spawn, even if it is in the current canon of Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Like, if you told me there was a Sith Spawn version of a Bantha... I would totally believe you on that.
1: I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah.
0: I mean, if there was a
1: Sith spawn of any creature in this galaxy.
0: Yeah, exactly. But but possibilities are endless, Hannah.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) But anyway, before I prattle on, once again, thank you everybody so much. uh, The people who have subscribed to our channel and all the Patreons that have been donating for our uh, Patreon page and allowing us to continue... Making content like this.
1: Hey, even the people who have liked our videos or yeah. just, you know, seen our videos. Yeah. We appreciate you so goddamn much.
0: We appreciate you to the very bottom of our hearts.
1: It's what it's what helps us keep, you know, wanting to do this. Especially because, yeah. you know, like seeing the Pius Dea episode uh-huh. get so fucking popular. <laughs> That kind of gave me the want to keep this going.
0: Yeah, it's so good. And we could
1: t- not have done it without all of you.
0: Yeah. But anyway, um, so yeah. Happy Halloween, everybody. I hope you guys are having a spoopy time. Make sure to watch all the classic horror movies like John Carpenter's is a Thing, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, all of those good shit.
1: Hellraiser!
0: <laughs> but anyway... Hope you have a wonderful rest of October and see you in No Nut November.
1: <laughs> Happy sewing. <laughs> All
0: right. May the fours be with you.
1: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.